kind of one of those ridiculous um those massage chairs do you <laughs> you do no yes you do yeah i do <laughs> Oh I don't, God. I don't, I don't. Who would have that? I would have that. How much was it? Five thousand dollars. <laughs> Ask me how many times I've used it. How many times have you Twice. used it? Twice. <laughs> Twenty five hundred dollars massage. Twice. Where is it? It's in the garage. Can I sit in the massage chair? I hate it. The Home Shopping Network? Yeah. But I'm a di I buy, I buy, I'm just the worst. Do you have a slap job? Yes. Do you have the knife that cuts through the penny? Yes. <laughs> what else do you have? Coin bears. <laughs> coin bears? Yeah. You don't have coin bears. I have a whole set of coin bears from each state. You have 50 uh, uh, coin bears? Yeah, they all have a rare coin in their foot. You stay up nights. I'm wildly unhappy. <laughs> I'm trying to buy it, and it's not working. Were you smart in A school? little bossy, yeah. But I won um, a spelling bee, and my dad cried at the spelling bee. No way. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah, what word did you win on? It was so stupid. Curling up with a rich microphone. cup of coffee. <laughs> what, do you think coffee and sleep don't mix? Well, they do if it's high point. It's decaffeinated. <laughs> and the flavor is marvelous. <laughs> do you have that, that mold I that makes cakes look <laughs> I have pants just for my calves. Calf pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Could you do me a favor? What? Will you do me a kindness? Mm. Will you ask me something personal about myself? Mm, okay, fine. I'll do it. And then we bang. Yes. What's your mother like? My mom is very beautiful, um, very vain, very smart, cold. And your dad? Um, he died a long time ago. He was such a sweet guy. He was probably too sweet. Very successful in business. He had me a lot of money, which is why I have all this stuff. But he was I soft. Had time to make, to try and make money. Just too soft, too, too, too sensitive. And, uh, you know, got, couldn't really handle my mother and didn't really make an effort. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike. We wrap up our trilogy of first dates with Crazy Stupid Love. 
there isn't anything inherently wrong with this film. As I'm watching it, and I've seen this a couple times now, we may have spoken about this, about this one before, I'm not very invested in it. Like, I, I have trepidation in giving it a negative review because I didn't dislike it. But it, I had the revelation this time around where I was like, this is a sitcom masquerading as a movie. It really did, like, uh, for the first time, I don't know why I had this revelation very late, but that's how it felt. It doesn't help that Steve Carell is in it, who is still kind of doing Michael Scott, unfortunately. And I, I remember, I, I wonder when that turn happens, because he's got, like, date night, dinner with schmucks, um... Uh, the 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 spy movie uh, Foxcatcher <laughs> okay fine. Foxcatcher probably <laughs> put an end to Michael Scott that's a good one yes that's a great example not a good movie I think that one is a tough watch but it uh, uh, definitely you're right that is the one where he decided that he was going to really uh, commit to this whole drama aspect of film so I, I I'm a little bit lost with Crazy Stupid Love I want to know your opinion though. Oh, I love it. I've I've seen this thing probably 20 times. Wow. I think I watched it in theaters three or four times Whoa. Um, during that, that summer of its release. Um, I am way more of a rom-com guy than you. I think just... No. I, I, well, even... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, you just <laughs> present to me the basic structure of a rom-com and put some people I like in it uh and i am there like i was all over uh was it ticket to paradise the george clooney julie roberts thing which i end up not liking but that's what i that is my star wars that is the clooney roberts rom-com i'm i'm like yes more of these like i will take as many as you can throw at me uh crazy stupid love i think one reason i I adore it so much and i normally don't is um because there are a lot of terrible ensemble romance films um and I like that this one leans more into the absurdity almost the entire time. Yes, there's the dramatic heft of Julian Moore and Steve Carell are breaking up. They're getting divorced. But everything else, for the most part, is played, I think, like from the perspective of the Ryan Gosling character, where he sees people in love as fools. <laughs> he sees them, he says, I, I, I watch them do foolish things. And I think the movie allows you to watch people like, Boy, they really they make this harder than it should be, don't they? Like for our amusement, and I I love that aspect of about it. There is a whole um, secondary subgenre to this. I think Greg Kinnear has been like three or four of these like ensemble rom com things, and they are not uh, crazy. Stupid love is you know up here this uh, tier, and then you have Greg Kinnear. So I don't know what that says that Steve Carell managed to jump <laughs> Greg Kinnear, even though he got like a decade head start on him. Is it the films that always have the posters that are just squares of all of the different individuals that are? In- Greg Kinnear dominates that that subgenre. Which, yeah, if you have uh, I have Crazy Stupid Love the the wiki up, and yes, it has uh, it does have the sort of the the homage to. Uh, the Graduate uh, is primarily the poster, yes. the most prominent poster theatrically, where Steve Carell's face, and you don't know it's Marissa Tomei's leg. Uh, but then underneath that, the title, you have the squares. Because, hey, you have all these people in it. You know, you want to get... And this was a box office success. Um, oh, yeah. This may be, may be one of the last of its of its kind, as far as because this genre really has not uh, come back. But um, 
I didn't. I thought it was more critically regarded. I'm I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm just seeing 79. percent I thought this was like a high 80s or 90s because I I felt like that summer 2011 it was a breath of fresh air. Maybe it just was to me because I was single at the time this came out, <laughs> and I was all about <laughs> looking at all these stupid things people doing were doing for love because I was going on I don't know how many first dates. So you started this month saying Annie Hall's what I used in my first date to lead to my marriage. I watched Crazy Stupid Love I don't know how many times <laughs> with first, first dates because until I found the right person to respond to it, and the last time I watched it in theaters was on a date with my wife. And that was it. There so it's go. like I went through the whole the whole spiel of like, you know, shitheads or fools <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> found the right person to respond to this. Were each of those viewings in the theater a first date? Just for my own curiosity. Mm, no, because I do think I, I think me and my uh, sister went to go see okay. I think I forced her just because I just love this movie so much that I was like, yeah, go see Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, but I definitely was pushing anyone that I was asking out or saying, hey, you want to go see a movie? Uh, I was definitely playing the card that I had not seen Crazy Stupid Love yet. <laughs> just so if all has failed, <laughs> I could go watch Crazy Stupid Love. And that's one of the things Steve Carell mentioned. Like He hates the title, Crazy Stupid Love, because like, you just can't imagine young people being like, oh, young guys in particular, being like, one for Crazy Stupid Love, please. But you proved him wrong. <laughs> 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 Looking at the Kentucky demographic, they're like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, <laughs> Kentucky males, age 20 to 25, really into this. Uh, I did want to ask you uh, about the, the Ryan Gosling character, because you, in my mind, you're I equate you to Ryan Gosling, and I'm Steve Carell in my mind as I'm oh watching my God. this. <laughs> like, did you at all relate to the kind of stuff that gosling was doing in your life because i think most people watch this film and they're relating to carell because uh, uh most people yeah, are not the cool yeah. suave sexy person no no i look like i looked at gosling like some sort of alien creature that had, <laughs> it was like the the day the earth stood still and gosling just walks into a bar and we're all just like what <laughs> what is that alien being about to say or do um, cause some of the, some of the stuff he says, you know, you, you do have to look like Gosling cause it is yes. very much that sort of pickup artist, uh, forward slash rapey kind of vibe. Like, you know, you don't, uh, Carell even says like, you never ask them, uh, to leave with you. You just tell them that they're going to leave and they have no choice in the matter. Um, not at all. Like it's amusing to me that you, you put the two of us in that regard because my single experience was much more like, uh, I didn't have any cooler friends that could, you know, uh, make me over and put me in cool suits, nothing like that, because we were in our 20s uh, when this, this came out. But uh, when Steve Carell does have his sort of pretty woman day where he gets, you know, the haircut and all of that, he, he comes out and Gosling asks the hairdresser, like, hey, would you sleep with him? And she's like, yeah, probably. Like, you know, just sort of a throwaway and Steve Carell starts like giggling like a child, like really? No, no, that was how much, very much how I felt. <laughs> I was on the prowl, like really, this is happening to me. I was probably as far as like a uh, a person in the dating world. Uh, I probably did seem incredibly gracious, just because I was like, wow, this is cool. Where I turned into negative web was probably towards the end of the date, where I'm like, oh god, how do I get out of this? <laughs> You know, I, I have you have you ever had that moment? By the way, the uh, the person who who like you found out that somebody that you liked 
would have gone with you and and uh, you had no idea have you had that moment yeah yeah um i mean i've always berated the person because it's come way too late in the game like, we're, <laughs> we're talking like years later and i'm like you know i wasn't really doing anything then like so i mean could have taken your shot like if you had these these feelings toward me i was mostly going home and watching dvds by myself <laughs> didn't have a podcast then. <laughs> i did have that one maybe this is a rare rare moment for me when somebody i think it was a senior year of high school somebody told me that uh, one of the foreign exchange students i believe the year prior that i really dug she was really cool uh and she was already gone out of the country. I was like, "That wh- what? Like, I was Great. so upset. <laughs> like, oh, you know, she would have gone with you. She had really liked you. I was like, wh- why am I getting these news flashes? <laughs> mm-hmm. No help. No help at that point. None whatsoever. But you're right. Like, those are the moments where you absolutely are uh, in the shoes of the Steve Carell character. Uh, and while he's having that pretty woman moment, he doesn't look that much different like there's subtleties to his makeover because he's ultimately still looking very much like himself and i do wonder if, if that's all it took in my in my younger days was it just an attitude was it just a few things that i could have done to become <laughs> gosling it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't present the male species in the best <laughs> light because it just shows like if you maybe get a, a haircut and just put on some nicer clothes, like like make the barest amount of effort, and women will see a man who is making any effort whatsoever and want to have sex with. It's not going into any of the fact of like what women put themselves through, right, to maintain their appearance, because you know women, unlike men, are used to being looked at or you know catcalled or something even worse. Uh, men, unless you are a gosling, which you know. He's. I'm glad that the film does present him, even to Emma Stone, who's gorgeous. When he takes his shirt off, she's like, "Oh, come on, man!" Like, even she is like, "This is too much. This is it's, it's too far." And they're the other end of the spectrum, and it's fine for his character because he has uh, inherited wealth and he can spend his days like maximizing the ultimate gosling effect right uh, much like you know a hugh jackman wolverine he can look dehydrated and <laughs> all that and everything is perfectly sculpted uh but i think the steve carell thing is you know in my dealings with women uh i think it's pretty accurate it's like just just put forth some effort and some sort of attention <laughs> to the opposite sex like you don't have to go full pickup artist but um he is right when he's he does sort of lament that he probably got lazy in his marriage with Julianne Moore. Like he just was not that attentive. And we only get the briefest of glimpses into the descent of their marriage that God, I don't know what date it would be. The thousandth date they've been on where he's just mainly talking to himself. Like, ah, I shouldn't had, shouldn't have had that much bread. Do you want to share dessert? Like it's not, there's nothing really going on there. Um, do you feel like the, does the film, does it, damn him enough as far as thinking that he's not just the victim here. He's presented as just the victim. Like he's just completely caught off guard that his wife has even considered a divorce. Um, but do you, do you feel like the film ever makes the argument that, yeah, he was just, he was sort of checked out of his own life to a certain degree. Cause every, his kids love him. His kids adore him. But, um, 
See, I think it does, but I don't know if that's the film doing the hard work or if it's just my uh, love for Julianne Moore that I'm like, oh, she's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a good egg. <laughs> you should really get back together with Julianne Moore. And Marissa Tomei is great. Nothing against Marissa Tomei, but I just, you know, I love Julianne Moore. I don't think so. I think that he is seen as the victim throughout. But the trouble is that Julianne Moore isn't seen as the antagonist either. Nobody in this film, even Kevin Bacon is the antagonist. <laughs> even David Linda Hagen. And you know what? When you said were you with Ryan Gosling, uh, I always thought, no, I probably come across more as the Kevin Bacon. Maybe like <laughs> uh, slight confidence, but mostly awkward. And then also is just confused on why things are happening to him the way they are. Like he feels like he's doing things the right way as far as on the date and suddenly the babysitter's giving him shit. <laughs> Julian Moore's calling him her coworker. Like he just he has this look on his face. He kills me. He's great pinch hitting here in this role where it's like he could have just been the asshole who ruined everything. And he doesn't he's not that. Not the he doesn't play it that way. Um but I, I guess it's just the the name. He's just the boogeyman in the movie. Before you actually meet Kevin Bacon, it's just Linda Hagen or Linda Hagen, yeah. you know, the way everyone <laughs> antagonizes his name. Um, but no, I don't I don't think that Julianne Moore, because the film wants them back together as well. They feel like this is a couple that never should have broken broken up to begin with. Um, that's where I think Steve Carell's most at fault is she says she wants a divorce. And it's like he just he, he's like the high school student. It's like, I don't care what your reasoning is right. whatsoever. Uh, I'm just moving out just like that night. I mean, even announces to his child, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, Hey, sorry, you had to hear it, buddy. <laughs> I'm moving out. <laughs> I don't care how it affects you, but I'm bummed about it, kid. <laughs> I really thought that he was going to end up with Marissa Tomei and then Kevin Bacon was going to slide right into the, uh, uh, husband role because he wasn't seen. Again, he didn't seem like a bad guy. He just seemed like, uh, he's joking with her uh, very, very cutely about, you know, oh, yeah, I'll take you to the opera. I'll drop you off. But yeah, you know, all that little thing is like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, he's not a bad guy. He's just somebody who likes somebody who was married, which is not great. But, you know, sometimes uh, uh, those circumstances occur. Uh, but, but the film doesn't really commit one way or the other. Uh, I had zero investment into Steve Carell's kid. And his infatuation with the 17-year-old, I thought that was all kind of awkward, especially when she... Oh, I got it. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> I I understood it, but I was like, I, I never felt like uh, in my in my youth I was able to vocalize any of that uh, to anyone. Uh, oh, I never would have. Right? Never would have said such a thing. That's, that's where it's poor form. Like, I would have understood, you know, I mean, he is a child and I, I don't, I'm saying that in the, I'm insulting him. You were, you were a child to think as a 13 year old, that a 17 year old wants anything to do with you. Just accept that she can be your first infatuation and be like, all right, here's, here's where I want my life to go. I want it to be someone like that, which is weird that the film does wrap up with. He only will stop harassing this girl by saying, Hey, I'm eventually going to look like my dad. And you're in the <laughs> I don't think that's the dynamic. I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think she's looking for a Steve Carell twin. Um, and in fact, one thing I like about the film is that the babysitter I, it seems like she crushes on this older man because he's nice and his kids love him and he seems like a good dude. And that's a weird thing for a 17 year old girl yeah. to be like, I find that really attractive. Uh, she's the anti bad boy look is what she's going for. Or giving your, 
underage nudes to this even younger child is all very awkward and this film's pg-13 and before sunrise is rated r (laughs) 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 i feel like i'm taking crazy pills it really does i would bow down to that woman you tell me i'm 13 i just graduated middle school and this you know high school senior is like here you go buddy (laughs) get you through your high school days oh I don't know. Heavenly in, tw- is what she is. in 2023, I'd be like, these are great, but have you heard of the internet? <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> God, Webb, there's no satisfying you. <laughs> I kid. I kid. I, I will watch Gosling and Gosling and Emma Stone in anything, uh, except for maybe Gangster Squad. That film's garbage. Like, I got, I think, 10 minutes into it. I was like, that's enough of this. Uh, but it's it's nice to, to see them together here. It's nice to see them in La La Land, which I loved. Um, and, and I do have one little uh, complaint about Gosling's character, not Gosling. But hmm. he doesn't change in terms of his physicality or anything throughout the film. Uh, I'm sure he still has that Patrick Bateman morning regiment that, uh, that ultimately wins mm-hmm. over this wonderful episode character who is beautiful, successful, funny, awkward, all those uh, wonderful little things. Wait, where are you going with this? You're saying you need to have like a little, little punch, a little, <laughs> a little uh, gut from all the alcohol that he consumes. <laughs> well, misses the gym a little bit. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you think it would have been beneficial to have kind of a reverse pretty woman with him where he's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to try so hard. I don't need to look photoshopped and she'll still love me for you me. Corral. To be ripped. <laughs> Krell goes full fox catcher. <laughs> wrestles morning, noon, and night. <laughs> but I, I, I thought about that. I was like, oh, great. The, the pickup artist who's gorgeous and, and uh, you know, has zero confidence issues also gets the girl that I could maybe in on my best day realistically had a shot with. You know, it's like there's no winning. There's no winning when, mm. when Gosling's around. You know, if he had um, had the proper intel to where she's uh, dating and wanting to be proposed to by, is it Josh Groban? Is it the singer? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like he was brought in like, hey, uh, are you? can you do a good uh, douchey impression? You know, do you, do you have that? And he's like, that's the one thing I can do. And he <laughs> was brought in just, just to do that. Um, if Gosling had laid eyes on what Emma Stone was coming from, he certainly would start skipping the gym. God, I mean, <laughs> look at him, the horrible hair that Groban has. Oh, that, you know. yeah. Uh, I knew that you would be down for the stone Gosling stuff because, um, I guess until it becomes entangled with uh, Krell when it's revealed in a somewhat awkward way. And the, the plotting here is, is <laughs> not the most natural, like coming off of before sunrise, and seeing that one of the big reveals is going to be that Emma Stone is playing Hannah slash Nana, which you assume is like one of the parents of, you know, an in-law for Carell or Julian Moore that they have to tell, hey, the family's breaking up and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll admit that I, when I watched this first time, I did not put that together at all. Cause I didn't give a shit. I didn't give a shit who the fuck Nana was. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, when Emma Stone's just bantering with Gosling, I'm not considering how she falls into this. I'm just thinking like, Oh, okay. He's going to be reformed. Like, it'll be nice for this guy to be able to, to put the, the tools up in the, in the toolbox. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I liked 
the sitcom nature of all of that coming together. I enjoyed Gosling taking his ring off, whatever ring it is, I guess just, you know, a rich person's jewelry that he wears uh, to punch Kevin Bacon, <laughs> uh, to defend his friend's honor, who is now uh, saying that he is worthless scum, not, <laughs> not worthy of his daughter. I enjoyed all of that. But I have I have seen some critiques that when I have the uh, Rotten Tomatoes pulled up that that's even the people who like this movie think that's it's, it's a little sort of I guess overstuffed as far as connecting all the dots of the characters. But I think it's uh, I think the moments between Carell and Gosling when their relationship is reset are actually pretty nice and grounded. Yeah, um, things specifically of the bar sequence where Carell says, "Look, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you found someone that." It's going to give your life some meaning and some, some stability. Uh, but he says, but I know too much. And the face he makes is just like, dude, I don't, <laughs> we don't need to relitigate this. Like I knew far too much about you, including having your dick in my face twice <laughs> for some reason uh, at the gym. Um, I like all that stuff. So I, I, I have no problem with this stuff. I, it's clearly a fantasy. This is not grounded in any sort of reality. I think Carell does a pretty good job with it. I don't think Gosling does at all. I, I like when... Really? Like, Gosling... Gosling has done this a few times since, but, you know, up to this point, I don't... You know, there was no nice guys yet. Up to this point, I saw him as the guy that didn't like to talk in movies, and he was doing these, these independent films. Usually he's playing, like, an unlikable character... Uh, if he's in a love story, it's where he chooses to be a bald man who's uh, having a marriage broken up with Michelle Williams and Blue Valentine. Just depressing, depressing stuff. And I like seeing him get to have fun. Like, I think he's taking like, OK, guys, you always want me to be a movie star. I'm charming. I'm handsome. I'm going to give you as much movie star magnetism as possible oh, yeah. here. Yeah, I think he's he's a cartoon character compared compared to what Steve Carell, you know, his character is going through. Uh, and Emma Stone. It's just naturally, she's she's always on. She just always has. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think that she continues to uh, fall back on that same like super bad easy a charm. Like she can just turn that on. It's just so easy for her, and it's fine. But uh, you know, every now and then, you, you do feel like it's fine. I'm... <laughs> I, I will. I would stuff myself on the, that charm. Like I will never like, I will be at the Emma Stone buffet <laughs> until she, she closes down the lights. Like I'm not turning this down, ever. but ever. it's the same comfort. We're like, yes, even for gangster squad. <laughs> I was there opening weekend for gangster squad for this very reason. <laughs> it's just the, when you've been to the same restaurant one too many times and you've had the same buffet one too many. Times. No. Okay. But, but here, well, here's the thing. Gosling, even with the uh, with the odd dialogue here and there, where maybe he can't quite pull it off because he's just he's Gosling and he's maybe above the material, but he still has moments of that uh, physical comedy. The looks, you're right. He when he's the silent type, it's so good. Uh, his reaction to the Velcro wallet is absolutely like, put me in hysterics. That's the kind of stuff that's wonderful. There's a lot of gifs here. A lot of gifs <laughs> yes, born out of this film. <laughs> yes, but even if he even gets uh, some of the dialogue uh, or makes it work, uh, the, the fight at the end, the the ridiculous sitcommy fight where I don't know who's grabbing him at the end, but he's like, "What are you? What are you grabbing?" Like he's he's <laughs> his character is awkward <laughs> in that moment, and he uh, voices it uh, perfectly. So, say so, you know, I'm kind of all over 
uh, when it comes to this film. There's some parts that I like, some parts I don't, some parts I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm not seeing anything really overly new, but it's it's okay. Uh, I almost kind of wish it was a sitcom. Like I, I would almost prefer it to be on CBS uh, at half hour installments, but that's quite all right. Let's talk about these three films real quick. <laughs> We've got. Uh, I'm sure most people are like it's it's more than this <laughs> did not end up on CBS. Right. <laughs> Can we? There's no Julian Moore, no Stone, no Gosling, maybe a Krell. <laughs> Uh, he was he was too busy chasing that fox catcher uh, praise, I guess. Mm. Kevin Bacon would have been there. I think yeah. Bacon would have been down. For yeah, him. I think so. Actually, Bacon probably would have been the lead if this was a sitcom. He's he's not playing the oh yeah the, the other man the everyday he's, guy. He's probably a Steve Carell part. Okay, yeah. We've got Annie Hall, uh, where where the first date is a little awkward, and the the lead up to it is comedic with the subtitled and then the two of them talking. She has that what she considers to be a terrible like oh my god I can't believe I sang in front of him and I was terrible, uh, and of course. You know, my my moment, uh, the, the kiss before the dinner. Uh, wonderful. And then the Alvi character does attempt to recreate the best of the relationship in the other first dates throughout that film to uh, little success. Right. We've got Before Sunrise, which is the ultimate first date film. That first date uh, uh, consumes the entire film. It's the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then here with the Jacob character in, in Ryan Gosling, you see a number of his first dates and possibly only dates with each of these individuals. I like the fact that this trilogy really does give you the gamut here. Uh, you've got a first date mm-hmm. from a romantic comedy. You've got the first date that is the entire film. And then you've got kind of a vaudevillian, uh, kind of ridiculous uh, comedy uh, where where the first date is, is just uh, used as a punchline over and over. I will say they do mention... Uh, Steve Carell's first date with Julianne Moore, where he talks about when he was like 15 and he talks about the ice cream. buying her. Yeah, the mint yeah. chocolate chip. Mint chocolate That's chip. right. Mm-hmm. So I, I did like that and him telling his dad, he's like, this is this is the girl that I'm going to be with forever. Or or no, the opposite. He's lying about that. But he knew that fact. Yeah, I mean, the, the common thing is it seems like all the films are kind of the characters themselves are deconstructing the first date, obviously with Annie Hall, because he's reflecting back. And we talked about in that episode, um, how the film itself, they had to sort of sit back from it and be like, wait, what do we have here? Yeah. And it's like, what we have is this relationship with Annie Hall. Um, and I think in before sunrise, um, the way the two characters are approaching this long first date, this night they spend together, um, is presenting, to each other, here's here's kind of what I want out of romance, and it can be either like a, a relationship they're coming off of, uh, or <laughs> Julie Delpy uh, pointedly bringing up all these different creatures in the animal kingdom that will consume <laughs> the, the male uh, <laughs> lover, uh, which I think is uh, you know Ethan Hawke. He notices that, like, okay, you're putting me on guard here as far as like my expectations are elevated now. I've been around the block a little bit, um, and then Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, I did notice you, you brought up how Steve Carell hated the, what they ended up with the title. Did you see the bit of trivia where uh, they didn't know what they were going to call it while they were shooting it and they were offering up a free iPad to yeah. the cast or crew that came up with the title? I don't know who came up with Crazy Stupid Love, but uh, I guess the working title was The Wingman, which I think makes it sound like a Will Ferrell yeah. kind of comedy. I don't I don't think that works. Um, I understand where Steve Carell's coming from, but I feel like Crazy Stupid Love fits the shenanigans that will will take place um but if you're just going with the wingman nature of it 
uh, Steve Carell gets to catch up on all he's missed because his only first date to that point is that ice cream moment as a teenager with Julian Moore, which is really sweet, but clearly it has stunted him. Yeah. If, if he's to go back out into the wild. Um, I think that's the most unrealistic thing in the movie. Not that Steve Carell would sleep with Marissa Tomei, who's gorgeous. Uh, and perhaps the film was most unfair to her because she has a full on meltdown for comedic purposes. Uh, but she's great. I love her. Um, I think what's most unrealistic is um, that someone that looks like Ryan Gosling is his age would take someone like a Steve Carell under their wing just for their amusement. It's sweet because it's clearly he alludes to later that it reminds him of his father because uh, he says his father in a, a moment of intimacy that he wants uh, from Emma Stone where he actually says, can you just ask me a personal question? Because I never get to, I never offer anything of myself. His dad was too kind, basically too kind for his own own good. Um, did you read that all of that stuff, uh, that was Gosling and Stone? Whoa, no. Did they wanted to film that. That was not in the script. They wanted to film that. And it did like, you know, when Stone says, I know how this goes in the PG 13 version of this, uh, this, uh, dance we're doing is that fall asleep. You tuck me in, kiss me on the cheek and we don't have sex. Well, that happens to Gosling. I think that was originally played out that it happened to Gosling instead but all of their little dialogue and banter were the two of them saying, I think we need some more here. And the director's intent just to cut all that. They just let them do it. But they're like, we're not going to use any of this. And it ends up being some of the best stuff in, I mean, you get to see the two characters falling in love instead of falling into bed together. Um, I love all of that. And that, that goes to show that, you know, what, what kind of auteurs are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Ficarra. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about in the before episode that uh, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke were not being appropriately credited as writers. It sounds like Stone and Gosling were the true directors <laughs> of this, <laughs> this joint. You got these two white guys and not a director among them who can't even uh, uh, you know <laughs> listen to listen to the two movie stars of the film trying to make it better. <laughs> Golly. Uh, I think it's a great trilogy. I, I love uh, looking at the different kinds of first dates. I, I even even though that I used aspects of Annie Hall in my real life, I don't think I've ever had a date quite like any of the ones presented here. Uh, what about you? In uh, Crazy Stupid Love, specifically, or oh, her whole any of them, or whole trilogy? Because I've never been to Europe, and you know, I've only been there with my wife, which would have been. Probably untoward if I'd uh, <laughs> fall in love with someone like a Julie Delpy while I was over there vacationing with her. Um, when you pull that move, you're like, meet me at this train station in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take care of something. <laughs> Looking around. I only got 20 minutes. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, no, like, I mean, I definitely like uh, met people at, at bars and, and whatnot and you know, I would go on dates with them, but nothing. <laughs> That's where I definitely fall more into the Steve Carell thing. Like any of my uh, physical relationships uh, would not have been as uh, perhaps as uh, reckless. Uh, and the one thing I kept thinking of is like, God bless. Like not only is Steve Carell go here, but it's revealed later that it's his daughter. We know that that Emma Stone character. So when you're first watching, you're not thinking about them running into each other, but I was thinking like, good God, how often, you know, the chances of her running into her dad, cause he's there every fucking night <laughs> hunting. Uh, that just, that just made me really uncomfortable uh, for that sequence. Uh, no, I think I, I would probably fall more into the uh, Steve Carell 
bit where uh, Marissa Tomei, they're drunk and you're to have sex. And she's like, you know, give me more honesty. And he's like, I'm kind of afraid you have AIDS. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, uh, so no, nothing, nothing, the, that, uh, full on Tomcat, but yeah, I mean, the, I think the conversations you, uh, you end up having with people from a completely different walk of life. Uh, you don't have to go to Europe for it. I think you can stumble into meeting people that would never be in your social social circle, and it can be PG thirteen. It doesn't have to be R rated necessarily. But um, God, I don't know if that still happens now post COVID. I don't. <laughs> and this with this upcoming generation, I have no idea if that's even a thing anymore. I don't know what modern dating looks like, and I don't know if I want to know. I think we'll find out in the next decade or so when when films get made, maybe about this time or or whatever the concept of the first date evolves into. Uh, you kind of see it here and there, like stuff like Bros, where uh, it's heavy about Grinder and all the different apps that are mentioned. Uh, I, I which is all news to me. I never, I don't have friends who are actively on these uh, websites and apps that I, I, yeah, I really don't know what's going on. So hopefully, a film can be my education my seminar on on what oh good god what my kid is going to be dealing with and and how uh how it's oh, gonna oh, i know i know well you know how, how do you fall into those those conversations i guess i mean not certainly not through text but you know the the stuff they talk about in before sunrise or even that uh bedroom sequence with gosling and stone i highly doubt those are going to come across over text. It's just, it's going to come across as just highly calculated. Like you had to type this out and see what reaction you get as opposed to just falling into it. Um, and I think that's what I, I do like about crazy, stupid love is that the only success either of our two main male characters have is when they drop the pretense of, of calculation and tactics and they just find themselves sort of swept up in it. I've always asked people this. What did you make of when Steve Carell accidentally kind of put air quotes around accidentally let slip that he's had sex with nine women now uh, to Julianne Moore? Was that was he trying to get in a jab? Because the movie plays it like yeah. it just slips out. Yeah. But it's like, come on, man. Come on. Thank you. It's a jab. It's absolutely a jab uh, uh, because he, he still feels uh, uh, that's his revenge against her for doing it once. I would never say such a thing, Julian Moore, because I would expect her to go on like a Kill Bill rampage <laughs> of just having sex with men <laughs> all over the city. <laughs> uh, ultimately, though, like, yeah, you're right. Those connections are going to be few and far between, uh, uh, I think, in the future. I'm going to tell my kid, though, the only way to make real connections anymore is to start a podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the only way. That's the only way. And then maybe you'll be lucky enough to fall in love with somebody. Webb's talking about me and him. He's, he's saying the, the ultimate romance is this. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>